Welcome to In Conversations, an Investec-focused radio podcast series that offers insights into a wide range of topics that will empower our clients to create, manage, grow, and preserve their wealth. In the final episode of this four-part series of In Conversations for Medical Professionals, we chat to Investec Life's Nivashni Rajkumar, a senior financial advisor, on how to protect your income and safeguard your practice. Here's Investec Digital Content Specialist, Karabo Sikhoto, the series host. Navashni, risk is unavoidable and plays a huge part in medical private practice. What are some of those risks? Sketch us a little bit of a scenario. I think, you know, when a, a layperson thinks about risk, they need to address some what-if events. And what-if events could be, what if I'm unable to work due to ill health or trauma? And what are the implications of that? And the implications of you not being able to work in private practice means that there's a discontinuation in your income stream, which then affects the overhead costs of one's business and obviously lifestyle um, when it comes to family. So you're wanting to actually ensure that your business and your personal family situation is able to continue despite you being unwell. And one would address it with putting in some time, you know, some income protection or business or it's covered to actually um, close those gaps. So, so that's the one thing. So you've got to balance out your personal risks and your practice risks because as much as you are a business owner and an entrepreneur, you're also a family person and you are responsible for other people and maintaining lifestyles, educating people, running a household. So in the event of one's debt, what happens to your family? What happens to your debt position? What happens to your practice? And one needs to consider how to mitigate those pieces of risk. So one, uh, one exercise could be an estate planning exercise where we identify potential taxes that could uh, impact your estate, which means that there's a lot less assets left for your family to continue on. The second part is mitigating the need for income loss. And income loss basically means that, you know, your family may not be able to maintain the standard of living that they have been accustomed to. How do you make sure that your kids are educated despite you being there? How do you ensure that the household stays intact without you being there? And then that basically warrants a need for life cover. But we go through a, you know, a number of processes in the state planning process to reach conclusion and we make a recommendation based on that. Okay, so that's the second one. The third one would be um, possibly towards the tail end of your practice, and particularly if you're in a multi-person practice and you consider an exit strategy or possibly death of one of the partners, how do we actually ensure that the practice continues? And we then introduce um, uh, mechanisms such as key man insurance or buy and sell agreements that will allow the practice to actually continue and allow your partners to possibly care to your estate or your family. And for, you know, I think for a win-win situation to be left behind uh, despite you not being there. So those are just some of the, you know, the risks. There are numbers, but those are the key ones. Those are some great practical examples, but where does one start? So as soon as you've made this decision to move into private practice, I think find some some sort of pillars of support in your ecosystem. And you've got private banker, you've got an advisor from Investec Life that you can sit down and meet with and have these discussions because I think going into private practice and journeying through that, you know, that initial steps is quite daunting. 
I think it's it must be overwhelming and I think putting yourself in this position where you've got as much support and expertise and experience as possible can only make this journey easier. So at Investec Life, we're equipped to help you make some of these very valuable decisions. We're able to guide you through a tick box exercise of some of the gaps that you may have that you may not be aware of transitioning from possibly state into private practice. Quite often, um, medical practitioners aren't aware you know, that there's cover that they may not necessarily qualify for once they leave state practice. Um, and we are able to close those gaps very quickly for you. If I was a medical professional in private practice and I was listening to this podcast, what covers should I be considering and why? Um, in terms of cover, there aren't you know, specific covers that you, you need to take, but more centering around your specific needs as a medical practitioner at that particular point in time. If we look at the various covers that Investec Life offers, you've got to look at the purpose of each type of cover. So if you've got life cover, and the purpose of life cover is to do a few things. It's to provide continuity and income for your family. It is to provide continuity in sustaining the practice. So you might have a buy and sell agreement or key man insurance that allows the practice to actually continue beyond this at a certain point. Then you've got disability cover, income protection and business assurance, which basically pays offshoots of income to your practice, to yourself, as one recuperates from an ill health or trauma event. Then further to that, you've got um, dread disease cover again, compounding your income flow to, to allow you to heal. So each type of cover has a specific purpose and depending on where you're at, you may not need all of them, you might need a few. But off the, off the top of my head, income protection is vital because it's preservation of your ability to earn. Then your life cover, if you're a business owner or a, um, a family person with a young family that depends on you financially. And then thirdly, I think the disability cover is also vital to the entire arrangement. I can imagine the pitfalls are countless, but... What mistakes are you seeing medical professionals making when it comes to retirement? Um, I see not, not just in the medical industry. I think across the border, South African perspective, is people are failing to save sufficiently, save for retirement, save for events, save for eventualities. And I think sometimes we need to take a step, a step back to, to evaluate. And it's a simple budgeting exercise. And I think also... Once you go into private practice, you go in very optimistically thinking that you're going to make back that money. And I think a key mistake that we could make is thinking that, you know, withdrawing out of my pension fund now could be made up by returns. But I think life happens and sometimes we tend to enjoy that money a little bit and we forget to actually reinvest. Um, and unfortunately, the, you know, the, the global markets and the local markets in terms of investment management are incredibly challenging currently, and you may not necessarily ever make that money back. So we encourage our clients to stick the strategy not to withdraw prior to retirement. It's hell of a difficult to get back to where you were. Keep at it and make sure, even though you've left solo practice, that you optimally invest and you sufficiently invest on a monthly basis towards your retirement savings. Mistakes that we've seen commonly is that doctors find themselves, or any medical practitioner, find themselves working into their 70s and sometimes 80s because they haven't adequately saved for retirement. And I don't think it's something anyone aspires to working in your 70s or 80s.
Okay, let's talk wealth creation. What investments do you see medical professionals typically gravitating towards? I think if we had to look at the most common investment, and I think we spoke about a financial home and what creates a sturdy financial house. And for me, the foundation is the most important part of this arrangement. And foundations basically start with you as as the medical practitioner, as the business owner, and developing some very sound, strong saving habits, making sure that you understand your cash flow management, making sure you understand liquidity needs of your family and your your personal situation as well as your professional situation. You need to have money set aside for and funding set aside for emergencies, personal and professional. The other thing is that what we find is that getting to private practice, your earnings exponentially increase and it may take a year, it may take two years. But when those earnings happen, you also need to be ready for opportunities. And if you've spent all of that additional cash flow, you may not necessarily be ready to take up the opportunities. And opportunities are buying additional equipment, expanding your practice, buying possibly commercial property that can house your practice. So that's quite important. If you look at tax-efficient investing, and I think always focus on what your goal is going to be when it comes to investing, um, tax, you know, investing is quite a complex subject, and being tax-efficient is just one part of it. Um, when we look at um, taxes, I don't think many of us like paying taxes or enjoy it, but it is unfortunately uh, a necessary evil. The things that we can actually soften the blow on is when and how we actually pay the taxes, and that's when the investment choices become quite important. And some of the products that you know that you'll find and jargon that you'd find in industry are tax-free savings accounts, retirement annuities, um, endowments that are all structured tax efficiently. And if you to, you know you want to explore these, you're most welcome to contact somebody from the Investing Life team to unpack it with you and explain further how these would add value. And then further to that, you could look at, you know, unit trusts. But at the end of the day, I think always stick with the goal, understand your timeframes, understand your liquidity needs, understand your relationship with risk and loss and what sort of chance you want to take. And I think once you've got those foundationals um, sorted out and you you kind of in a place of knowing, then you, you plot your way forward. I suppose it's a balancing act to meet your personal financial obligations and keep your practice running profitably and securely. How can a financial advisor help with that? For me, the important work is partner and partnership because your financial advisor is not necessarily a crutch or the oracle that's going to show you the picture ahead. You as a medical practitioner and a client need to present yourself with a vision And I think you've got to document your vision and where your financial aspirations come in. And the financial advisor literally is your guide that will provide you the framework to achieve some of those financial aspirations and also allow you to alleviate some of the financial responsibilities that you have. And that could be financial responsibilities towards your your, um, creditors, like your bank, towards your family, you know, for their income needs possibly towards um, SARS for tax on death. And that's essentially what a financial advisor is going to do. So there isn't any one size fits all kind of formula. All you're going to do is create a partnership 
that is a marriage between your financial aspirations and a framework. Any final thoughts for medical professionals ready to embark on this journey? You are sitting in the ideal position of having a championship bank offer you more than just banking. So you've got this incredible resource within the bank that's called Investec Life that can help you unravel and simplify your financial journey ahead under one roof. And we allow you to focus on building your business and focusing your expertise by making life easier. You know, you suddenly are confronted with so many expenses and streams of money leaving your account, but also streams of money coming into your account. And I think you've got to be very conscious of a budgeting exercise and separating business and professional expenses, business and professional monies. Treat your business as if it were separate from you. Get into the you know good habits of cash flow management, financial planning, making sure that your T's across your I's are dotted and you've got all of the necessary paperwork and all of your risk gaps identified. It's quite important that, you know, while you're being, you know, busy being a professional, life does happen. And in order to actually make sure that you aren't confronted with some surprise or your family isn't confronted with a bigger financial surprise, um, you know, all of your, your due diligence is done timelessly. I think that's quite important. Um, and then just enjoy the journey. I think it's quite important that you, you've t- embarked on this amazing adventure. Um, once all of this due diligence is done is to just revisit your financial planner once a year, a review, and just remember that as much as it's called life cover and life legacy, you do a review every year um, and at every point in your career. So if you find that your family is extending, your practice is extending, you are retiring, that you come back and you revisit this conversation with your financial advisor. So the role of your financial advisor in your journey is to actually simplify your financial planning. Explain, guide, and hold your hand through your, your journey going forward. And to revisit your changes, whether it's good, it's bad, or ugly, to assist you to reevaluate, but to ultimately make sure that you're successful down the road in your financial goals. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Investec in Conversation. Investec in Conversation is a thought leadership series that offers insights into a range of relevant topics. We draw on the expertise of internal and external subject matter experts to spark discussions and answer questions around topics that will empower our clients to create, manage, grow, and preserve their wealth. For more episodes, subscribe to Investec Focus Radio and tune in to this thought-provoking series wherever you get your podcasts from. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Private Banking, a division of Investec Bank Limited, a registered credit provider committed to the code of banking practice as regulated by the Ombudsman for Banking Services.